Hi, I'm Jessica Addison, Regional Content Specialist for Mathematics with the Kentucky Department of Education. In order to support teachers in their implementation of the standards for mathematical practice in the Common Core Academic Standards, we felt it was valuable to find teachers for primary, intermediate, middle, and high school so that a teacher at any level might be able to better relate to the stories, the conversations, and the lessons highlighted. In collaboration with the Kentucky Center for Mathematics, we identified a math recovery teacher at Central Elementary in Knox County, whose work with other teachers and her own students made her a perfect source of insight for other elementary teachers. During my visit to her school, I was able to see both primary and intermediate lessons, as well as have very rich conversations with her team of math teachers, K-5. I hope you enjoy. Tell me how the development of this habit of mind helps your students make sense of the math they are learning. Well, one of the tasks that um, we actually did in my classroom for math practice for in the primary was to figure out, uh, they wanted to figure out how many shapes we could, uh, or what kind of shape that um, we could make the ladybugs. And um, my students and I, we had a conversation about possible shapes that we could use, like an oval or a circle. and. Um, uh, in order to create the body of the uh, ladybug. Some of the questions that came up were, uh, are we going to make this two-dimensional shape or three-dimensional? And, you know, the kids really got into trying to figure out and solve this problem this way. So, like, when you were doing the ladybug and you presented the problem to them, you said that they had to decide which shape to use? Yeah, they had to decide themselves and they would come up with, um, a lot of them said, oh, let's do the circles so we can put the dots on it. And then some of the other kids said, well, why can't we use the oval? Because if you look at a butterfly, or a um, ladybug, it looks like an oval. They got very conversational about it, you know, talking about it. And it's going to be more to the questions. end. Right. Because they've had a part of the learning. Instead of you saying, we're going to cut out some circles today and let's make ladybug. Right. So was it hard, um, as teachers to just present that problem to them and not want to give them all the information yes. and not do it for them? You like to give them, you want them to know the information, so therefore you want to be able to. The longer that, I'm, that I work with math and teach math, and, and especially digging into the, the new Common Core standards, um, it, it opens my eyes, it gives me a process for math. And um, looking at that, the modeling cycle that's in the core con, core stand, Common Core standards for high school, um, really helped me to plan my lesson and when, when I'm working with kids on real life issues and real life problems, um, it helped me to, to see that, that students need to be posed with a the problem, they need to formulate, they need to compute and interpret and validate and that, that process that's in that modeling cycle, um, like I said it was at the high school section of the core standards, uh, really helped me. And when I started with my lesson today, I, I posted this problem to the kids so that we were going to, we've already been to Finley Fun Center, but um, I asked them a couple questions. Did you ever think about how much math actually went into that? And uh, do, do we just say, okay, we're going to Finley's and here we are? And, and the students started to, uh, to brainstorm and formulate some questions. And I, and I would ask, how, how much do you think it costs for us to go? What are we going to have to do to get there? Can we just, you know, snap our fingers and and be there. And so the students came up with, uh, with the type of math, the real world, real life, real life math that went into the planning of our field trip. And then, then after that, they began to compute um, and talk about, well, we have to know how much does it cost to actually go there, the, the cost of the rank. And, and then um, 
they started asking me questions like, well, does that include skating? Are we going to get to play laser tag with that cost? And I said, well, no, they're going to they're gonna charge us extra for those things. So we started talking about um, the cost of each individual thing. And so somebody said, well, we're going to have to know the price per person. And uh, we talked about the, uh, the brace that they offer mm-hmm. that's going to let them do all those things. And, and so they came up with them that it was going to cost us $885. And they were all like, wow, you know, they didn't realize it. And I said, this is going to make you appreciate, you know, your field trips and things. And so we talked about, well, what are we going to do to get the money? Because no, none of you had to pay to go. And we talked about we were going to uh, sell some candy bars. So they were starting to interpret their data and the data that they had found. And after they came up with the total um, of $885, and we were going to sell candy bars, and we were going to make $0.60 cents per candy bar, and, and they, they did the math to do that and interpreted that. And we went through the validation process where they had to prove that they knew that they, that they had to sell X number of candy bars in order to get to go. And it was interesting when I watched the, the students to work because several of them had, had incorrect answers. So, and when they, when they figured the answer out, they looked at it and, you know, they were working in groups. So some of the kids were like, well, that, that can't be right or that doesn't make sense. So they would, they would actually go back, and they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back and rework that to see, to see if it made sense. So, um, and then we let them report out, and, and they were all glad that they did finally reach, you know, the, the correct answer. When I had posed a, one of the problems about the candy bars and how many candy bars we were going to have to sell, and, and I had some students that, were, that went ahead and figured, um, well, we're going to make 60 cents per bar, so I'm going to take that $885 and divide that $0.60, cents and then I'll get the number of bars. And then we had some people say, well, we know that there's 50 bars in a box, so I can figure out the cost per box and the so many boxes that I'm going to need. So they went about it went about it differently then. And just also it was interesting just to walk around the room and, and watch, watch the kids listen, mm-hmm. you know, to each other and hearing them talk about, about this real-world situation. And, mm-hmm. And one student was, was convinced that it was just way too much, that, you know, $885 was way too much, and we might uh, decide to, to do something different. I would, I would like to see my students think of math after school hours as a tool for solving problems that they're going to encounter, you know, when they're at home, around their parents, and, and in their, with their families. And I feel like the practice just allows me a chance to relate their personal experiences to the math that we're learning and show them how it extends beyond our classrooms.